I could make a fake snake. You do not pee in the pool. You do you, you, you not pee in Tim Duncan. All of myself is clean. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years and what a whirlwind it's been, introduce one match per episode to my co-host who has never watched wrestling. We talk about the backstory, we watch the match, then we rank that match on our ever-growing list. The purpose of the show is twofold. First, to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches, and secondly, as a window into the mind of my co-host, he is the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the maitre d' of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topside of the living painting, the talent. Apparently, I never wrote down what your uh, bonus nickname would be for this episode. Doesn't matter. Flying Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how are you doing I'm today? Good. I'm good. And, and, and I'm not coming at this from a place of, of anger. I'm not upset with you. Uh, so don't take this as such. Mm. But why were you late today? <laughs> I mean, it was around noon, right? Well, we, we agreed we on, on noon. Yeah. And then, to your credit, you messaged me in advance saying, hey, I'm going to be there a little after 1230. And I know you're not working. I know you're not in school. I know that Greta is in Chicago. So that leads to the question of <laughs> what what were you doing that had to bump things out to 1230? Not, I mean, I overslept. <laughs> I woke up a little bit later than I had. Uh, but you messaged me at like 10 or something. It was like 10 or 10.30. I wanted to give myself some time. That's kind of when I rolled out of bed. Okay. So the first thing you did when you rolled out of bed was message me saying, I'm going to be late. I mean, I don't really. Do I need timestamps on this? I think that would help. Okay. So let's let's get a running, <laughs> a running chronology on here. So, okay. At 11.08 a.m., mm-hmm. I get a message from you. I'll be over a little after 12.30. Okay. So you rolled out of bed at 11. I mean, out of bed, yes, but I was, yeah, up at probably 10 and I just hung out. I, like, I don't, I don't just get up and like push myself to get out there in the world. I roll into <laughs> that's, the world. That's a shocking revelation yeah. to the hard mark listeners <laughs> yeah. today. Everyone who thought like, oh, Ryan, he's, go- he's getting up. He's go, yeah. he's getting at him. Yeah. No, no, their whole, their whole expectations have been turned upside down now here today. Yeah. So I, so you were laying in bed from 10 to 11. And then at 11, you messaged me, I'm going to be over after 1230. So you, you ate, presumably? Uh, no, not really. I had a couple of cookies. A <laughs> couple of cookies? A couple of cookies. That was it, yeah. What type of cookies? I don't know. Like, they're chocolate chip. I bought them at like a dollar fifty. They're like Chips Ahoy, like the knockoff brand. <laughs> yeah. Those don't hurt your butt? What? No. I Isn't there dairy in cookies? Usually, like um, butter? I'm not, Can like, you eat I'm not like severely lactose intolerant. I'm just like probably <laughs> just your average lactose intolerance. <laughs> I don't know I, what that means. Like I'm not like it's like I I can eat pizza or like you know sure like chocolate chip cookies aren't gonna they're not gonna hurt you no but ice cream would yeah ice cream that's what we talked about last week you pooped your pants oh while yeah. watching uh <laughs> you two, we're watching uh, um uh, monsters Inc yeah. monsters Inc yeah. that's right. Baskin and Robbins. <laughs> Baskin and Robbins. Yeah. Top it all off. Yeah. Get some yeah. shit in your pants. Go eat some good, 51 good flavors. Stuff. Yeah. Baskin and Robbins. Okay. So you, you just rolled out of bed late. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you putting yourself together. You're, you're wearing like a collared shirt and everything. Can I hit you with a line? 
and you just react how you would mm-hmm. just wh- however this strikes you. I know you're a big improv guy, so just <laughs> roll, you know, yes and in this case. Is that a moist towelette in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you like that? I- <laughs> if you were single, would you use mm-hmm. that? <laughs> I don't think so. You don't strike me as a pickup line. I, I've never guy. used a pickup line ever. I don't know if people really do that. Like, is that a thing? You've also been, uh, you know, uh, uh, betrothed. I don't think that's the actual word, but you've been you've been together. You've been partnered up for the past, you know, forty yeah. years. So, uh, but I had my time. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had back in my day. You yeah, know? yeah. But never a pickup line in my life. Uh-huh. You're I, more of an anecdotalist. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I sure. I don't know. Whatever. Is not pickup line yeah. guy. Yeah. Sure. Um, Was that a good one, though? Would you would you use it if you had to use it? Very Eric Donaldson type of thing to say. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to take that as a compliment yeah. and not look into it beyond <laughs> that. Uh, how about a, I got another pickup line, mm-hmm. actually, uh, that I created. I've never actually used this before. Uh, again, you don't need it. But actually, Greta has tattoos. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, not on her feet, as we've discussed. Because foot tattoos, that's... Whew, Stay clear of that, but she doesn't have any foot tattoos. So we've, we've discussed this before. Uh, ankle. Ankle. Very mm-hmm. important uh, designation to make there. Uh, here's what you do. If you go up to somebody that you're interested in, mm-hmm. uh, they have a tattoo and you can see it. Just lean over and be like, hey, if I scratch that, what would I sniff? Okay. <laughs> is that one better or is that one worse than the moist tellet one in your opinion? If you hard, had to use one to, of the, you <laughs> we start making the, a list again. Just, the first one was: Is that a moist towelette in your pocket? Are yeah. you just happy to see me? The second one: If I scratch that, meaning a tattoo, what would I sniff? They're I like both the second one. very I like good. The second one. Yeah. If mm-hmm. if we had a, a ranking, if we had a whiteboard here right, of right. pickup lines, those Data. would be one and two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's uh, that's clear. But then we have to rank. You know which one's one, which one is two. Yeah. Which one is the uh, I, I like Shawn number, Michaels? I, I like number two. You like number two? Yeah, the, number two. The scratch. Will yeah. you use that on Greta when you see her? When you go to visit? I'll, I'll let you know what the results are when I when so I come you, back. Yeah. yeah. After a couple of drinks, you're going yeah. out. You, mm-hmm. you have a nice dinner. Yeah. And then you yeah. kind of like lean in. And there's a nice yeah. candle. Oh, you know how it goes. Yeah. Please. Yeah, if I, hey, if I scratch that, what would I sniff? Keep that one in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, you, you might need it. Yeah. You might need it. So I've been on uh, over the past little bit couple of months, I've been on a whirlwind promotional tour. If anyone who's listening to the Hardmark podcast has heard maybe some of the uh, little snippets of audio of other programs, perhaps, you, you've probably heard uh, some of the things that I've done, some of the pr- shows that I've been. I know Ryan is diligently working on <laughs> getting some some podcasts of his own to, to jump on uh, lately. So one of the things, so I've been fairly... I, most of the shows that I've been on, I've been presenting myself as a as a wrestling guy. Like that's the topic that I feel most comfortable kind of speaking about in some form of you know an expert level of knowledge. Although realistically, I do not consider myself a, a wrestling expert. You know what number I would give myself, Ryan? I was thinking about this the other day. What number you would give yourself? The 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 reoccurring sort of like one to ten number. Like we've talked how you're like a two and a half or yeah 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 a on a three scale of one to ten yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 which you're very proud of. I know you, I can see the the <laughs> glitter. I think it might be getting eye. worse as we move forward. Um, I mean, you don't retain a lot of knowledge, so it's not going up. I don't know that it's going down either. Yeah. Well. Um, but I I would give myself a seven. I think I'm a seven. Do you want me like are you asking me to evaluate that score? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're going to regardless of whether I ask. I mean, I would say a seven is f- completely fair. I, I, I mean, <laughs> when when we do this podcast, I don't see like 
you pour the whole story out, the whole storyline about these matches and these, mm-hmm. you know, who's I, I try. <laughs> seven might be low for someone who's. Uh, so the reason I give my and this isn't actually even the topic I was going to kind of lead into here, but it's something I've thought about here and there as far as like, what would my number be? But I think it's one of those things like and you can probably attest to this for, you know, what you're going to school for or whatever. But the more you know about a subject, the more you realize you don't know about it. Yes. Sure. Like the topics just sort of open up and then there's like other facets to it and things like that. So I consider myself a seven because I know more about pro wrestling than like most normal everyday human beings would ever care to know. So it's got to be on the upper end. But like there are absolutely shows that I go to, like pro wrestling shows, where there's these super fans there where it's like every waking moment is like dedicated towards like watching wrestling. <laughs> I think it's probably good that you're at a seven. Then. <laughs> you know, if that's where the line is. Right. That you're kind of teetering on. I think sure. it's probably good to fall where you are. Uh... I, I can't argue with that. Uh, so I would put, probably put like the wrestling super fans who are like super f- into it, following all the independent wrestlers, that sort of thing. Like that would be like an eight, a nine, a nine. I think you'd have to be like a pro wrestler. Like, because like, I only know so much as sort of an outside observer. I think to, to get above, like, say, an eight or something like that, you have to have actively, you know, participated in it, done it, that sort of thing. And, like, I have taken some bumps, but I, I've never, like, wrestled a match or anything like that. So I have can't. You consider, can you do that as just, like, a like a bystander? Can you, like, hop in a match? and? <laughs> you're, uh, that's discouraged. Uh, generally speaking, you're not allowed to do that. You, you will be tossed uh, out of the arena and potentially fined and jailed. But could you sign up for a match? Like, could you do, is this something you, you can, can go do? to like a wrestling school and uh, take some bumps probably. But there's no like backyard thing you could hop into and like, I mean, backyard, th- it is what you make it, Ryan. We could, we could have our own little backyard I'm fed. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I've got plenty of yard space here in hedonism four. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what are- <laughs> yeah. What are they going to, yeah. you can buy a ring I'm pretty sure there's a website called High Spots that will sell you. I don't think it's like the highest quality of ring, but like they will sell you a ring. I don't feel like you'd want to rent that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a poor investment, Ryan. You want to you want to buy it so then you can, you know, continue to use it moving forward. It's a great fitness opportunity. Oh, sure. (laughs) Uh, You can then run your own shows. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that (laughs) everyone will tell you running professional wrestling shows, that's a license to print money. You're a made man. You right. just that right. upfront cost of getting a ring, maybe a little bit of spandex trunks, and then you're made. You're set. Now I'm curious how much it costs to purchase a wrestling ring. Yeah. What do you think? What do you? Let's find out. Let's see. What? Uh, what do you speculate? I just think it's such like a small market that it's got to be kind of expensive. Like, <laughs> you know, I or like like raw materials or just like actually going somewhere who sells rings. Well, so, I mean, as far as raw materials, you'd need, like, the post. You'd need, like, the wood planks. Right. Uh, you'd need, like, the steel sort of support uh, area underneath the ring. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to say wrestling ring for sale. But what's your number? These are all toy rings. <laughs> um, like 1200 bucks or something. 1200 Yeah. Like, as in $1,200? Yeah. I think it's higher than that. I think it's like, like I think someone would sell it for pretty cheap. Like if they, I like, and it <laughs> like how how what's the how big is it? Like so I just I haven't looked at the price. But yet. like how big is a normal ring? Like usually they're sixteen by sixteen. Sixteen by sixteen. They yeah. can also be as big as twenty by twenty. I think that's what WWE has. Most rings though are sixteen by sixteen feet. And the ropes can't forget about the ropes, which are usually uh, steel cable wrapped in uh, yeah. like rubber or something. I don't know. I'm I gonna mean, say four or five grand. That's my guess. 
And I did find it. I haven't looked at it yet, but I, I did find it on highspots.com. For anyone interested, uh, if anyone, if, if there's any uh, angels, I've heard that term thrown out a couple times. If any angels are out there who are looking to kind of make our dreams come true, uh, you know, and you when you have five, six grand, whatever that price is going to be that we're going to find out here momentarily, if you have that to spend and you want to see Ryan get in there and get suplexed and body slammed and DDT'd as we all would, uh, I'll send you the link. Just uh, shoot me a message. Hardmark on Instagram, Facebook, Hardmark Podcast on Gmail. Uh, you can find us on all those places. Okay. So I think it's going to be, if this is a website that sells. They sell lots of things. but rings They sell are, lots of things. Yeah. Re- okay. Wrestling things. I feel like, okay, that's going to be more expensive than if you found like <laughs> just some. Amazon. Someone who is selling this. But, Etsy. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. I think the price is probably. But go ahead. How much is it? Okay. Just, yeah. All right. Yeah. You gave, thanks for the non-answer. Uh, okay. So here, we'll just go through a couple of the sample. Okay. So the ring frame itself is priced at $3,500. Uh, that's the ring frame. And then each of the like extra things like ring rope tape. Uh, the ring skirt, so the thing that goes around the canvas itself. Uh, the ring stairs are four hundred dollars. Uh, the padding is five hundred dollars. So I mean, yeah. Okay, but this is yeah, but they're selling this like re- for like wrestling purposes. This is what this is else? Be overpriced. Like, who? What? What's the alternative? Who's going to buy a wrestling ring not for wrestling for purposes? A backyard right? Backyard match. Someone's <laughs> going to sell that for pretty fucking cheap. How do you facilitate that though, right? I or- bet the markup is like. Four or five hundred percent on that. As a, a but you're comparing it to what? I don't understand what the alternative. Someone is. who is a backyard ring that's putting this up for sale, on, like a private sale. A back? Have you seen? I know. Well, I know the answer to this. You haven't seen it, but most backyard matches are exactly that. They're taking place in someone's yard. Yeah. Maybe they set up ropes, and maybe they put down like. A mattress or two. Maybe I'm romanticizing the idea of a backyard. I think uh, you are. I, I think you are. I'm gonna after this. I'm gonna go yeah. home and I'm gonna do a little search. For, Please, um, what I can find on a. I know for a fact you ring around twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> I know Stimulus you. Let's check money. You're gonna forget entirely that you committed to this, but I I look forward to your the the results of your research I'm, here I'll today. Bring them. Man, how did we even get on this topic? We were talking about numbers. So I'm a seven. You have to be like a nine or a ten for wrestling. So the reason that I even bring all these things up is because the the topic, as I've been on these various podcasts kind of promoting our our little program here today, is, is the subject of like wrestling being fake. Because I feel like if you bring up wrestling, that's like the absolute first thing that strikes people's mind is like, you know, oh, you know, it's fake or like, is it fake or, you know, whatever direction they take with that particular uh, chain of questioning. So, you know, we've addressed that question. I I know it. I know you know it now, uh, now that we're, you know, episode, what is this? 33. Dedicated to Scotty Pippen, the Chicago Bulls, (laughs) famous number 30, and Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing, 33? He was a number 33. The Sonics a little bit. I don't recall his number, though. Uh, I don't know. if Yeah, he may not have been 33. For the, for the Knicks, he was 33. Mm. I don't remember if he was 33 for the Sonics. But uh, while while this kind of question has come at me a, a few different times around, you know, the the, the fakeness uh, of, of wrestling, that sort of thing, I wanted to, to hit you with a question sort of related. Do you have any, any stories, any memories of like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, like when specifically you found out that those things were not real? Yeah. I mean, my parents told me pretty early, like how early is pretty early. I feel like I was like, like maybe seven or eight. 
That's pretty young. Yeah. I, and I you have know. a younger sister. Yeah. They they were like, they stressed to not like tell anybody this. Like, okay. don't tell your friends. Don't tell your sister. Like, right. But I don't recall why they like brought it up. I just, my huh. mom was always like pretty real with like, okay. just like, but yeah, that was, yeah, fairly young. Um, so it was like seven or eight that you, that they, they sat you down and had well, my that mom, It wasn't like a, I just, we were just like chatting and it like came up, but yeah, it was, okay. it was early. Like, um, mm. so I knew. Yeah. Do you have any memories from before you knew? Of like doing, uh, doing stuff? I mean, we had a pretty like typical American Christmas. Like, I don't know. You say that. Yeah. But every single story that you've ever told me about your childhood, none of it sounds like a typical thing. Typical kids don't get hit by cars. They don't shoot themselves in the eyes with BB guns. I mean, the, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's not like you, you break your leg, you break, you know. <laughs> Stuff like that. That, that uh, happens. Most yeah. kids don't break their legs, for the record. No, we had like the standard like Christmas tree. We never had a chimney, so I never understood that part of it. Like, how okay. the fuck does Santa get into the house? And there was, you know, Ma- like, magic. So that didn't make sense to me. Sure. Um, Maybe that's why they told you. You're like, this kid, this kid, he's uh, he's sleuthing really, it really out. Piecing it together. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Probably like the snake argument yeah. all over again. Like, no, the fake Santa. Um, yeah, so. But yeah, we had like the you know Christmas tree stuff under the sure. from Santa Claus, you know. But you like, didn't like. I remember as a kid, I would like wake up mm. uh, multiple times over the course of the night and like check if is the stocking filled, are the presents under the tree. Like I would wake up probably every couple of hours. And you went out to check. Yeah, I got out of my room and I'd go out there and I'd like look around and nope, no Santa yet, and then go back to sleep and. But I was usually up by like, gosh, I don't know, five or six in the morning. My sister did that too. She was up so early and she'd wake everybody up. Um, (laughs) Even as like a nine-year-old kid, Ryan's just go back to sleep. I used to – like I – every year I'd progressively get up like later and later and later. I think that's typical. Yeah. Um, but I used to be really excited for I used to be like, I can't you know, can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, you go home. We had the pajama fairy. That was something that um so every <laughs> my mind's every, racing on what this could possibly be. Just every uh Christmas Eve under like the pillow there'd be like pajamas. Oh, New and those pajamas. were like your Christmas pajamas. Yeah, yeah. We got them every year. Okay. So that was kinda Do you still have the pajama fairy? Yeah, so like my mom got like Greta <laughs> pajamas too. Like okay. you know, like uh but yeah, I still every every year I, yeah. Wow, so you probably have a lot of pairs of pajamas now. Somewhere. <laughs> can I can I say how refreshing it is that you you don't say pajama? Pajama. Yeah. <laughs> no, pajamas. Good. I'm I'm just I'm just glad for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just I was worried as soon as you started saying pajama, I was okay. uh, he's gonna say yeah, it weird. Pajamas. Yeah. Like like people who say Reese's instead of Reese's. Reese's yeah. Yeah, so it's a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's not a Reese's peanut butter cup for Pete's sakes. It's a that's a different tangent for another time. Uh, any, but no Easter Bunny stuff either or anything like that? I I mean, we got, again, standard Easter baskets, eggs on the yard. I don't know. Easter, no. <laughs> Not a big deal. See, I always loved chocolate and cookies and candy and stuff. So, yeah. like, what they would do with me and my little sister, and I think my older sister, too, uh, we would like go into one of our rooms and like the door would ha- would be like shut and we're not allowed to leave. And then there was oh the Easter Bunny's coming like you gotta just hide in the room. And then uh, you know eventually they'd plant all the eggs and stuff and it was up to us to find all the eggs. That was fun. Yeah, I miss uh, I miss Easter. Do that still happen to kids? I mean, kids still Easter egg hunt, right? That's still a thing. I think so. Yeah, hmm. they, we used to do big ones too. Like my parents would, like. Started like in the house, and then we do like the house Easter egg hunt, and then uh-huh. like we had like an outside Easter egg hunt yeah. after that. 
Okay. So it was, I mean, like two separate events. It was, it was great. Yeah. See, I, we always did just Easter egg hunts at the ho- at the house. We never mm-hmm. really did like big public ones. Uh, no. We, I could no. see getting very competitive with uh, other children doing that though. That's true. You always have like, like some kid will like push someone over or something for an egg. <laughs> oh like, yeah. The, someone's going to end up crying. The like, tears start shedding. At church. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's uh, C4 vertebrate gets re-injured via <laughs> Billy Bowden giving him a shove on the play playground as he's looking for eggs. Why am I C- Are you referencing something? No. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just painting a picture for the sure, audience yeah, of, yeah. of what could have potentially happened exactly, to one of these. Yeah. It's dangerous out there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, last question for you before we get into some wrestling here today. Mm-hmm. And this does sort of tie in with what we're going to be watching. Uh, I think I know the answer to this. Do you have any frenemies? Yeah, enemies who are your friend. Frenemies. I can pull up the Urban Dictionary definition if you need me to of frenemy. Besides me, do you have any frenemies? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe this is a more – I know the Ryan of today probably doesn't carry so much hate in his heart, but maybe maybe a point in time when you were younger that you may have had some frenemies. I don't know. None that like come to mind immediately probably. Um, Did you get in a lot of fights when you were a kid? No. How, what was your most notable fight you were ever in? Like fist fight and of any age. It doesn't have to be <laughs> – it doesn't have to be kid or you can be teenage, like whatever. Just <laughs> stories I hope my parents over here like <laughs> – uh, just, I don't, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, can I, I'll tell you mine. Will sure. that make it easier? I'll tell you mine, and then you can then you can say yours. Okay. Okay. The most notable fight I was ever in. Uh, so my, I think we've talked about the hill. So I lived on the hill mm-hmm. with a number of other kids that were roughly my same age, and like there was a group of us, a group of um, of, of us kids that were all like basically neighbors, and so. As little boys do, we tended to get in like a lot of fights and stuff like that. And but then you know we'd make up, and then the next time mm-hmm. we were playing, it was you know a non-issue. One of the last major fights that I remember that we had um, I, by this point, we were gosh like either in junior high or yeah, I think we were in junior high by this point. But I remember we were in one of my friends' backyards. And there were some barbs, some verbal barbs being thrown back and forth. And then we start tussling. And I remember I grabbed uh, a little flower waterer, like a plastic flower mm-hmm. waterer tin thing. I grabbed it and I just swung at my friend's head and like so, busted the whole thing open. It's a wrestling move. His head or the... <laughs> <I> sw- <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. flower waterer. Wow. Uh, and, and yeah, and I remember hearing about like, you know, my friend's mom, like, what happened to this? And uh, uh, my buddy's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But that was probably like the one where it's like, okay, this is getting a little too extreme now. Uh, may- maybe maybe it's better to resolve our issues with words. Do you recall what he said? <laughs> like what what brought you to? He, 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 was, he wasn't even like insulting my mom. He just made a reference uh, to my mom. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact verbiage. I'm sure he's listening to this and will correct me as soon as he hears it. But uh, yeah, he said something t- about my mom, and that just threw me over the edge. And like he, not that I should be giving this information out to people so they'll use it against me. I, it's not so much what people say to me. It's the intent behind what people are. So if somebody says something to me and it's like very benign, but the intent of it is to like piss me off, 
I will get very, very upset about it. Like that's always been the thing with me is like if someone is actively trying to get in a fight with me, then I will probably be provoked into a fight. Uh, again, please do not use that against me. Yeah. <laughs> just poke at him. Like, yeah, exactly. Just yeah, poke at me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that was the the one fight that I can think of in my mind uh, growing up. Yeah, I mean, I like as a kid, I didn't. I <laughs> we never like threw fist or anything. Okay. Um, I there's been some like stupid like bar <laughs> type of type of fights. Are we talking in in snowho? Uh, at the honky tonk. Snohomish stays fairly clean, like as far as not really. Like these are what area we I've talking? I've had like ones like we had one in Mill Creek. <laughs> we had one in, in <laughs> the mean streets of Mill Creek. Fremont was pretty like okay. I can and see these were things that like I initially well like the. The one in Mill Creek, I got a little riled up, and like that, <laughs> I it's sort of like hazy what I remember, but I okay. uh, I was injured <laughs> after that. Um, okay, like, we I need a little bit more detail here. We got into it with someone like outside, and like, do you can you remember any details of like how was it just like some drunk asshole? So like, like hey! so like what would happen is like the couple of buddies would like they would start talking shit that's just what they like they got into it and sure i like more so went in there to kind of back them up and okay. that's usually how these things happen i don't like really get into it um <laughs> this sounds absolutely 100 percent correct so far there's another one actually that i just that i just thought might be a better okay story yeah um, either way we were <laughs> this was like a this was like a party like right after high school and we went out to I don't know, Smoky Point or something like somewhere north and like mm-hmm. completely like blackout. Like, you know, I don't really remember the fight, but I came out and I got into it with this kid that I knew and he had like landed a shot like right on like black eye. And this is during Christmas. <laughs> and I was I just got I was. <laughs> so you were there. I had to go to like a fucking family Christmas event with this huge black eye. Right. My parents like I was like, I, I don't want to go. <laughs> The pajama fairy visited you. Yeah. You have a black eye. And my parents, you know, they made me go. And I'm sure, like, it was just, I did, like, explain this. I think oh, I, like, God. made up a story about, like, getting elbowed in a basketball game or something. And, Vacuum cleaner. Um, yeah, there was a, fuck, there's a lot of those, like. What a rough my, and tumble guy you are. 18 to 22, there was probably, like, a lot of those. Not anymore. I won't, I'll, I avoid it completely. Is that I'm because. Not, I'm not a good fighter. Like. <laughs> Is that because you changed who you were hanging out with? Or is that because, like, the people that you were hanging out with that were getting they're, fights they're, t- tamed themselves? Like, oh, both. Like, I, I, I did kind of, like, migrate to a different, like, <laughs> people who I surround myself with. But at the same time, I think people kind of grew up, too. Like, some sure. of them are still fucking stupid. But, like... <laughs> That's um, the beautiful thing about people. You know, yeah. Just, fuck, it's so dumb. Like, I, I hate myself from that period. Just, like... <laughs> And they're, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. They're all spread out. But yeah, like stupid, like bar, get super fucked up and like just. Yeah, it's never uh, been my thing. No, it's, it's not. It, there's not a whole it's lot embarrassing. of. embarrassing. It really is like, you sure. know. Sure. Yeah. And you, you know, there's some rules of thumb uh, as far as fighting people, Ryan. I've, I heard actually one of them recently. You ever see a guy without a scratch in his face? Whew, you don't want to fight that guy. That's, that's rule okay. one. So, because, you know, he can avoid all the hits, presumably. Yeah. Another another tip for you, if you're ever in a bar fight, Ryan, uh, don't get in a fight with an ugly guy. He's got nothing to lose. No, So, you want to only fight people who have, uh, you know, some sort of blemishes on their face, but are, uh, you know, not super ugly. That's that's your target uh, fighting uh, opponent pool. 
I bet if you get a Snohomish now, <laughs> you fucking like talk about like wearing a mask, you get in a fight pretty easily. Oh, I th- I think it'd be real easy to get in fights with people if you were absolutely like game to get in fights with people. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. even and to tie it back in with wrestling, there was actually a couple territories back in like the seventies where, uh, like, if you went out to a bar, if you lost a bar fight, you got fired from that wrestling promotion. Like you were, oh, you were sent shit. out because now, now the whole <laughs> yeah, thing is yeah. ruined because now you're not this big, tough badass because you just lost in a bar fight and everybody in that town knows it. So who's going to pay to see you fight in a wrestling ring now? So if you're going to get in a bar fight, you better fucking win or else you're out of a job. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I imagine, I imagine you were, you know, an undefeated bar fighter during your time too. Uh, outside. I'm not sure I ever won. <laughs> I'm sure I ever came out of that on top. Uh, <laughs> Good experience, though. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about wrestling? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, so back in episode 14, I know it's been a while. This is episode 33, the episode of Scotty Pippen. Uh, so episode 14, which is currently ranked 22 in our 38 match list. I know that's a lot of numbers being thrown at people. We were introduced to a man by the name of Rob Van Dam. So RVD made an impressive showing in my opinion. Uh, he set a weightlifting record while doing the splits as well as diving and Ryan already just started laughing, uh, as well as diving from the top rope into the audience twice in a row, including doing a front flip during one of those dives. Uh, Unsurprisingly, Ryan was not impressed by any of these feats, <laughs> and he was dismissive of pretty much all of it. Does this ring a bell to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I actually do have our, our list pulled up on the, the screen over there. So right underneath Charlotte and Ronda Rousey and right above uh, Jake the Snake versus Bob Werner with the cobra gnawing on Macho Man's arm. Which what, Sorry, which number was it? 20, 22. 22. Yeah, it's the one highlighted. well. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in the lower, I mean, which is shocking. It shouldn't be. There, there are certain matches where I do take umbrage with your science and think that it is highly flawed science. This would be one of them. RVD versus Bam Bam, uh, should be a lot higher, but you know, maybe you were boo-boo face that day. It's hard to say why, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's ranked so lowly, but in my opinion, Rob Van Dam may be the greatest athlete in wrestling history due to his combination of strength size, speed, flexibility, and coordination. We're going to see if today's match can sway the Simon Cowell of Hardmark. <laughs> I like that, yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> uh, so this match featuring Rob Van Dam took place in April of 1998. Now the match, or excuse me, that match, the, the one that's ranked number 22, that one took place in April of 1998. Now, the match we're watching today takes place in August of 1998, just four months later. Uh, in addition to being the ECW television champion, which is the title that he won in that last match that we saw, uh, he's now the co-holder of the tag team titles as well, which he and his partner are going to be defending in the match that we're watching. Uh, now, you're probably wondering, Ryan, who, who could possibly be a worthy partner of Rob Van Dam. Who can match his creativity, his athleticism, and his ability? You guessed it, Ryan. Hulk Hogan. Of course. Uh, I'm <laughs> See just, where this match ends up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be another ECW match. Would that be like totally off the wall for them to do a match together? Like There was... I am not... Well, 
I take that back. I bet that they have participated in a match like in later years. But at that particular point in time, yes, that would have been totally nuts for yeah. Hulk Hogan and Rob Van Dam to, to be in the same ring together uh, at that stage of their careers. Um, but yeah, this is going to be ECW, which if you remember ECW, that's the same promotion that had the two guys fall through the ring. Generally speaking, you have a little bit more uh, of a rough and tumble sort of crowd. They're a little bit... They're pretty much exclusively men, white, <laughs> white men, uh, all throughout the arena. Today's match is going to take place in Dayton, Ohio. Do you have any? Uh, nice. Do you have an opinion about Dayton, Ohio? It just seems fitting for like a wrestling match. Uh, what does that <laughs> mean? Ohio, Whoa. Midwest, like. You know. I mean, the Ohio. I, it's. I mean, the Ohio's the a big, good old boys, you know, like down sure. there. I don't. What's the fur? The furthest into the Midwest I've ever been is like. Uh, Southern Illinois, so right on the state line between Illinois and Kentucky. Yeah. But Chicago's like, that's the Midwest, right? Yeah. I think yeah, everyone considers that. Yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll stick with that. Uh, okay, so yeah, Hulk Hogan is not Rob Van Dam's partner. You get a Hulk Hogan reprieve for this episode here today. Uh, it's going to be a new competitor, someone who we've actually seen very briefly in the last RVD match. The man that is RVD's partner is going to be the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying maniac known the world over as Sabu. Nice. <laughs> So a little bit of information about Sabu. Sabu was trained by his uncle, the Sheik. Uh, the Sheik made a name for himself by throwing fireballs and stabbing his opponents with pencils and other objects. So he was like, he was around in like the 50s and 60s, and he was doing shit like that back then, which you can imagine how fucking crazy it was at that point in time when you had like leave it to beaver on tv and then you'd go to the wrestling show and you'd see a fireball yeah. being thrown at a man um so the sheik he was known for being 100 percent dedicated to his character he would not break in front of anyone that he didn't trust like he he kept appearances like all the time and he did not trust very many people so very very few people ever saw the sheik out of character even within the pro wrestling business uh, so Sabu picked up many of those same traits by training with his uncle. So he refused to speak like he did not speak for many, many years. Uh, he appeared to be just totally crazed in the ring. Uh, not by the time we watched this match in 1998, but there were um, leading up to this. There was a point where in ECW, Sabu would come out. He'd be wheeled onto like this stand up gurney thing. Like it would be almost like a, uh, mm -hmm. uh, what do you call it? Like one of the, a dolly. Yeah. He'd be like strapped to a dolly with yeah. like a mask over it, like a Hannibal Lecter nice, mask nice. and ch chains around him. And he'd be like struggling to break free. And as soon as they like un uncage him, he like darts into the ring and just starts like great character. Yeah, I yeah. think it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like everyone talks about how the undertaker is the greatest gimmick of all time. And like, it probably is, but I think especially like those early years of Sabu, like that's a fucking, great yeah. great character uh and so to kind of drive home uh the kind of the visual here of sabu um he was willing to do virtually anything in the ring which you could actually see via the scarring that was covering his entire body in particular he has this gigantic star scar over his abdomen from one of the various barbed wire matches that he took part in, in fact <laughs> let me just show you a picture of this guy uh so you have a little visual aid here I'd say he looks like a Sabu, though. You had to imagine a Sabu. There we go. So that's Sabu. Yeah, so you don't really see the um, right. scarring. So here you go. Here's a here's a good one. I'll zoom in so you can kind of see. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, that's that guy. That's Sabu. Uh, da, 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 da. 
So Sabu and, and Rob Van Dam, in real life, they were friends. Uh, Sabu actually helped train Van Dam when he was starting out. In storyline, however, they were both a tag team that hated each other, um, with both men constantly being at odds. Uh, the arrogant Rob Van Dam was constantly pissing Sabu off via his showboating and his taking credit for like all of their wins and stuff like that. But against all odds, they became tag team champions uh, while they're trying to defend their titles while also not killing one another. So they're kind of tag teams that don't get along very well. Mm. Uh, today's match is against a couple of wrestlers from ECW's sister promotion in Japan, which is FMW, which stands for Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Ooh. Yeah, I've, I've not, actually never seen any Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, I don't think. Well, here we go. But here, we I mean, I've seen this match, but yeah, this is an ECW match. Mm. But nonetheless, they were partner promotions, kind of similar to the one that we watched with uh, Robert and Donnell, where it was, you know, like an American company and a Japanese company coming together to kind of like, you know, trade yeah. talent swap, that sort of thing. So the first member of the opposing team is a guy by the name of Hayabusa, who um, basically is like a masked Japanese version of Sabu, complete with barbed wire scars. Like they're very, very similar in terms of like how they look and what they wear. It's just Hayabusa wears a mask, but he's still uh, covered in those deathmatch scars. Uh, the other member of the team his name is Jinsei Shinzeki. Uh, he's a former WWF wrestler. He wrestled as Hakushi was his name in WWF. Uh, he's set on remaking a name for himself and establishing himself outside of the WWF. Uh, you'll notice that he is covered in Japanese kanji characters. They're not tattoos, but they're like painted on, which I can only imagine how long that fucking takes. But his whole body and his face are covered in these kanji. Like for the match? Is yeah. That, oh, okay. Yeah, oh. like his front and back. Like basically every every mm. bit of them that you can see is like covered with like a line Represent. of kanji. I mean, you yeah. know, sometimes you got to you gotta really own it. Um, so both men flew from Japan to Dayton, Ohio for the event, a flight that no doubt is commonly made every day. Uh, and that's the match. So, okay. the, so really what it comes down to, can RVD and Sabu coexist long enough to retain their titles or are the Japanese contingent going to take the tag titles back with them to FMW? So that's, that's our question. All right. Yeah. And your record, in case you were curious, uh, we've watched 38 matches here today. Or, well, not today. We've watched 38 matches in total. Uh, your record is 19 and 19. So you're, ex you're still hovering at that 500 mark. I'll be over it soon enough. <laughs> Will you Don't be worry over about it? me? Will you be over it today? Do you think? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. that's that's like that's like, that's the confidence that I like to see. Yeah. He's drinking nope, his no. coffee, his iced coffee. What are you drinking, by the way, right now? It is just iced coffee. Oh, just uh, coffee with ice got in a, it. Got a pump of raspberry in it. Oh, pump. <laughs> yeah, that's my drink. That sounds like a, a pickup line that you're using. Um, <laughs> any 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 questions, no. thoughts, comments, concerns before we watch the match? No, I think I know everything I need. Should we do? What time is it? Hmm. I'll give you the opportunity. You can you can choose to use it or not. Nah. We haven't done this in a while. I'm gonna do it. I I don't have anything. I'm gonna still gonna say it okay. though, okay. and then you have to say to the audience how you're not doing it. But I'm at least giving you the opportunity. Ryan Carter. There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut lawn. Um, Set me up there. So now that you've had time to think, yeah, do you have anything? I mean, I don't like. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Okay. Been noticing this recently. I've been taking small trips to the grocery store on a you know, sure, a regular basis. 
And I don't like it when people bring their fucking carts to the self-checkout line. Uh, I think I'm guilty of this, uh, but it's 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 horror. It's awful. You got people you got a line in Target. And you got people. You got cashiers open to take large orders, and they bring their fucking shopping carts <laughs> through this line. It's insane. And they got like clothes, and they got groceries, and we're just trying to make small, quick checkouts. And now we have a a line all the way back at the store. It's ridiculous. So, so your problem isn't so much that they are blocking up space with their cart. It's just that they are taking up too much time. It's because a time thing. I don't care about the space. It doesn't matter. There's 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 space. It's just a time thing. It's a time thing. Okay. It's awful. So, so if somebody has enough, I mean, should there be a number like that? People, hey, if you if you have over, yeah, it should be like an express checkout. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. I don't. I've never actually. I'm not sure that I've used the uh, self checkout at a Target before. That might be new, but yeah, it's definitely there. Do you go, do you grocery shop at Target? Um, I kind of, I I will go there either Hagen's or Target. They're right next to each other, but okay. yeah. Um, and and people are much more courteous at Hagen's as far as that self check. Target is like abused on the self checkout line. It's fucking crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like Hagen's people go through with their stuff. There's there's small orders, like three or four <laughs> items, and they're done. They're in and out. It's always like you know quick and never backed up. Yeah. If it's backed up, it's busy in the whole store. Target. Mm-hmm people did like a fucking month's worth of shopping. They're taking it to the self-checkout line. It's insane. And then people don't know what, like they're trying to use cash and they're like putting it. It's most, Maybe you're not. So, so even with the, the, the COVID era that we're in, you're still not giving the benefit. Of the, maybe they don't want to interact with people. They're touching everything that someone else just touched. <laughs> and there's, there's glass partitions up on these uh, for the cashiers. Sure. You know, give me a break. You're out shopping anyway. You're in contact with everybody. Yeah. You shouldn't. If you're scared of COVID, you shouldn't be in the store that long because you're you know taking your months worth of, of shopping to the self checkout <laughs> line. It's just it's crazy to me, and I'm standing there waiting with my two things. Why don't you go into one of the the checker lines that they're not in? That's freeing up a spot for for that, right? I have no issue going to the checker. You just you just you see them with their full carts, and that's taking you know twenty minutes to bring. They up should your, be with the checker. Okay. I will go. I don't have any problem going to the checker. Like, sure, you know, with my but they should be there. No, they should have taken that spot. <laughs> not not do you, me. Do you feel better? A getting, bit. getting that off your chest? Good. Well that's that's the whole reason for, for Ryan's Corner. We'll see if Eric's wisdom tree can, you know, level up can can meet that that level of excellence that you've brought here today for Ryan's Corner. Uh well we will take a brief commercial break. We will be right back with our thoughts on RVD and Sabu versus Hayabusa and Jinsei Jinsei Shinzeki for the ECW World Tag Team titles from Heatwave ninety eight. Thanks everybody. Hello, everybody. It's me, Eric Donaldson, back with a perhaps final recommendation. I'm sure that you've all gone out and you checked out watching it with Robert and Donnell, friends of the show, Coey's Questions. Uh, I'm sure you've also checked out Pessimism at its Finest, uh, Everything is Interesting, all the heavy hitters that I've had the pleasure of guesting on. Well, I've got just one more. I don't think there's any more coming out. Uh, I could be mistaken about this, but I believe the final podcast that I guested on of my whirlwind run of Hardmark Promotion is the Price Tag Pod, which you may have seen if you follow our Instagram. I, I posted a little bit about it, but essentially, and I really love this concept, the idea is that the host, Ainsley, will ask his guests a number of questions to determine the price of their dignity. So I, I went on there. Uh, I think I did I think I did well. I'll, I'll let you be the judge, but I had a really, really amazing time with Ainsley 
maybe the most notable thing up until recently i thought that i had you know if i was to become a professional wrestler myself i thought you know i i have a character in mind i know what i would want to be but uh, during the price tag pod for better or for worse that was completely upended so if you were curious to hear the origins of the crust gusher I encourage that you check out the Price Tag Pod. It's available just about everywhere. You can find this fine program that you happen to be listening to right now. But in addition, we talk about things like kicking hornet's nests, being elbow dropped every single morning, and many other scenarios and what the price point would be to have those become a reality. So I'm, I'm still waiting for the check. Uh, I'm sure it's in the mail. should be arriving any moment. I'm going to be living in the lap of luxury as soon as that comes. Who knows if there's even going to be a hard mark podcast once I get the check for the price tag pod. But for right now, I encourage you to check it out. Again, available everywhere you can find the Hard Mark Podcast. And with that said, uh, just a couple of quick updates. Yes, we still have a merchandise available. You're welcome to visit our link tree and take a look at all of our various wares. Maybe you need a mug, a water bottle. Maybe there's something that like would be really cool, like a blanket that we don't even have at the moment. And you'd be like, you know what, Eric? I would buy a blanket. Just tell me. I could probably make a blanket happen. Also, one thing that uh, has actually just been launched within the past week or two, I'm no longer, and you may have noticed this already, I'm no longer posting Ryan's match ranking in the show notes. It was getting a little big. It was also messing with some of the algorithms of what we were actually talking about for some of the episodes. So I've actually moved Ryan's ranking to a WordPress site, which you can also find through our link tree. So if at any point you're curious, like, eh, what's, what's number one? What's number eight? I wonder what Ryan put at 32. You can visit that WordPress site, which is just hardmarkpodcast.wordpress.com. But either way, you can just follow the link as well that is on our link tree and take a look at the full list on all its glory. There's even links to each episode. So if you wanted to, you know, hear what Ryan thought of the number one ranked match or the number 27 ranked match, uh, you can find the links for all those things. Then it'll take you right to Anchor where you can give it a listen. So I encourage you to check it out. I think that's it. I think that's all the, the things that I needed to tell everyone about. So with that said, let's get back to the episode. You'll hear a little bit of that sweet, sweet audio of RVD and Sabu taking on Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzeki. And then we'll give you our thoughts on that match. Thanks, everybody.
All right, we are back. We just watched Rob Van Dam and Sabu, the reigning defending ECW Tag Team Champions, take on Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzeki. Uh, And Ryan predicted that RVD and Sabu would be victorious in a shocking, uh, that was like literally like three, four minutes into that match, maybe? Very early. He predicted it, and guess what? They did successfully retain. Ryan is now at a twenty and nineteen record. I told everyone I would be. <laughs> you going you into were. This. You I I I, appreci- I appreciate how cocksure of yourself you were uh, on this episode of Hard Mark. Very very unlike you to be, um, you know, the the cock of the walk. I don't know why. <laughs> what I does got- cocksure mean? Cocksure. Cocksure. I mean, I'm just confident. Is that what it mean? I well, I can look up the definition. Let's see, cocksure presumptuously or arrogantly confident. Oh, okay. All right. And then the, this is a weird example. Uh, the example that Google gives, the cocksure golf prodigy from California. Ah. Which, you know, also could potentially describe you, right? More or less. Uh, what did you think of the match? Progressively got better. It was, I thought it started out kind of slow. It did. Like, you had the preview. And oh, then sure, it sure. started out, like, pretty tame. And then it got... It got better. So we watched like the little video package at the start of the ECW pay-per-view where they're showing sort of like highlights from years of ECW. And there's a lot of like crazy moments and stuff like that that you see. And yeah, the beginning of this match um, wasn't, you know, super crazy to start, uh, which I think last match we talked about, like the importance of like building up in a match as opposed to just going balls out from the very start. Now that is yeah, yeah. Uh, an important, important thing because then it gives things a chance to like register as you see them. But um, yeah, the beginning of the match was a little slow. It was actually a little sloppy. I remember RVD and Hayabusa kind of had some exchanges that um, they didn't seem like they had timed perfectly in all cases. Um. Are you talking about the very beginning? When, yeah. 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 I, very beginning. Those two were just acting like erratic. <laughs> and then you had the two Japanese guys who just were viewing like what was going on and just kind of taking it in. Oh, you're talking about the very, very. Yeah. Beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so. Sure. Just what did you think well, of the promo, too, while we're talking about kind of the, the pre-match stuff? The promo? Yeah. No, between- I loved it. You, you spent oh, no, I'm sorry. You're, you're not talking about the introduction. You're talking about the, the promo that they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there was uh, the, the, the little video package that you really liked. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the yeah. interview segment with Bill Alfonso, Rob Van Dam, and, and Sabu. What did you think of that? You, I thought it was you seemed to spend a, a disproportionate amount of that time speculating on whether or not Sabu was "quote unquote" allowed to wear that <laughs> turban. I thought he looked he looked white to me. I'm not that familiar with him, and I thought he was like like there's nothing that's out of bounds in wrestling. Like, <laughs> well, especially in 1998 wrestling. Yeah, I mean these guys. So I thought he might be throwing it on to kind of like poke at like I I you know not that they're Japanese, but sure. Uh, <laughs> He was doing it to mock Japanese people in turban. That's not that's what, what I, I, I just I wasn't sure like where this was. Coming. I thought he was a white guy wearing a turban. I was like, this is. But yes, he's <laughs> he, he is. So his real name is Terry Brunk, which it's a I know white does, name. It sounds like a white guy name, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, his his uncle, the Sheik, is mm-hmm. like legit of Syrian ancestry. I believe he was born in Staten Island, which I mean, if that doesn't, you know, let's see. But I'm pretty sure that he is of some sort of descent where it's not too outlandish that he'd be wearing that. <laughs> okay. So his mother is Lebanese mm-hmm. and his father is Irish and German. Hence the Brunk, which is a strong, yeah, strong yeah. German name. Okay. So 
we we talked about the interview segment a little bit. Uh, the match gets started a little bit sloppy at the very start. Um, eventually, where would you think? Where, do you remember where things kind of picked up as far as your your mind? Well, actually, before I get into that question, I think you made your prediction before things even really picked up. Yeah, it's really why it's fairly easy to tell. <laughs> well, well, okay, you it say that. Seemed, it just if, seemed like they casted like a you know two wrestlers against these guys who were the like premier fighters. That's what I, in Ohio, like <laughs> you stop using Ohio as a, as a thing for that. So you're saying that home team, RVD home team advantage. Okay. So you're saying that RVD and Sabu were basically like the stars and they were bringing these guys in to kind of make the yeah, RVD and Sabu. That's what, that's good. what it felt like. That's uh, that's some advanced wrestling knowledge. I don't think that you're wrong about that. I just, I'm surprised, you know, that, that, that you, you picked up on that uh, in this match. What what was there anything in particular that made you think that? I I just felt like they were background characters. <laughs> I mean, they really were. They were kind of like watching and like they were. I I enjoyed watching them fight. They threw some uh, great moves, sure. But it just like the spotlight wasn't on them. They were just the spotlight was on. Sure, and, that's and that's then. fair to say. W- was Hayabusa your favorite wrestler of the four today? I thought he threw the most like advanced moves. I there was a lot like like there was a lot of flying off the rings and those were those were cool. But like as sure. far as like athleticism, mm-hmm. he was your he was your guy. Yeah, but you but he still you didn't pick him. I think the Ryan of old may have chosen Hayabusa just because he was most impressed by him. But now but now you're a little savvier, you're a little cagier. Right, right. You know how to how to make those predict those predictions a little bit more politically now. So that's that's impressive. <laughs> it only took thirty six episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I liked as far as the beginning part. Uh, I think my favorite aspect is just Sabu looking totally crazed on the outside of the ring, like wanting to get in there. Anytime Hayabusa is even remotely close, like trying to grab at him and stuff like that. So ridiculous! I loved it because, like, if you're a tag team, like it's re- real easy to just sit outside and just kind of wait. You fucking should. But show some respect, like the Japanese. The character of Sabu would never do that. Like the character of Sabu should always be trying to attack. Should always be trying to tear someone's head off. So like that character should be constantly in a state of motion, constantly trying to get his, his opponent. And so I loved the very beginning, if only for the Sabu, uh, just sort of character study. On the I did not like that. <laughs> Why? I, I thought like you're right. It's his character, and that I'm. You have to do that. You can't the, portray yourself as I one get, thing. I get it, but I found it like, I mean, Jesus, like, sit, sit the fuck down. Calm down. You'll get your turn. Like, stop. Like, you're <laughs> acting like you're a caged animal, like, trying to That's get out. That's what his like, character is. He is a caged animal. He's not even in the cage. He's, <laughs> like, trying to get in the cage. He's an uncaged animal mm-hmm. that wants in that fight. But anyway, so uh, there was a you fucked up chant, which I don't think we've actually seen one of those before. I like it. Benzo, yeah. There was a little, yeah. So basically, Hibusa was trying to do a dive on Rob Van Dam. It didn't go as planned. And so then the ECW fans, as they often would, whenever something clearly didn't go uh, as, you know, expected in the match, began chanting, you fucked up, you fucked up. Uh, so yeah. there you go. Uh, see, Fonzie and his whistle, Bill Alfonso. Did you enjoy the whistle? No. God damn it. There's like several things in this match that like made me like this. This could have been the higher, but like that whistle was awful that whole character was awful that's what he yeah that's kind of what he did he started out so the bill alfonso character was it was like a bad guy manager to start and so the whistle was meant to sort of like irritate people and whatever but then as like rbd and sabu became like more beloved characters 
Bill Alfonso was still a part of that package, so he just, you know, kept blowing his whistle and it was just sort of an expected was part. He, was the idea to be blowing the whistle like in criticism of what they were doing? Like, is he coaching them? Is that or like, is he just like being obnoxious? Mainly being obnoxious. Sometimes when like they're on the offensive and yeah. like the crowd's getting real right up, he'll blow on the whistle too just to add in, you know, to kind of be the leader of the band. There's sort no of thing. point in the whistle. No, no, there's no practical reason. I, the I love the commentators like swallow the whistle. Like, Wish you'd swallow that damn whistle. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. RVD, uh, a lot of celebration on the on behalf of RVD. Always between every move, it seems like he has a chance to sort of showboat and celebrate. Are you a fan or no? This seems like the type of thing you would not like. Um, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't really see like a lot of it. I feel like he was busy being on like the outside of the ring, getting ready to jump in most of the time. Okay, sure. Um, but that didn't like stand out to me. I'm not a huge fan of it in general but okay i I did did i miss no it's just like every time rob Rob van dam would do something he'd like take a bow or he'd do Uh, like his rob van dam sort of thumb thumb gesture uh pose yeah and it it seems counterintuitive to what you're into yeah in in your life as a very (laughs) humble man sure yeah uh let's see here a couple moves uh what did you think of jinsei shinzaki i think he's easy to forget about because hype was is so yeah. spectacular but respectful but wrestler a wrestler very very respectful he stood uh, out of the ring and just watched <laughs> he did he did do <laughs> stuff for the record i think he does go sort of underrated especially like in this match just because he's not as flashy as hayabusa yeah he had he had solid moves so he landed mm-hmm. on yeah and his and his kanji across his body it was also pretty good yeah we speculated it took uh, roughly about two hours or so to to do all that uh then we see a bunch of dives i remember the one move in particular that got a reaction out of you was when hayabusa's like he's laying stomach first across the guardrail and then rob van dam like did a jumping twisting leg leg drop over hayabusa's head that then uh knocked hayabusa to the floor that one you seem yeah. to enjoy um what did you think of the the steel chair stuff? So there was a couple of moves where uh, a steel chair would be like in front of someone's face and then Rob Van Dam would like yeah, punt it. I feel like they <laughs> tried to use it as a shield and always backfired. Like it wasn't used as like a weapon. They just like they're holding it up and they always got hit with the chair. <laughs> well, yeah, one time kind of on one time Hayabusa was like crotched on the top rope and then Bill Alfonso's holding the chair and that's when like Rob Van Dam j- leaps mm. over and kicked it. And then another time uh, Sabu threw a chair at, at Shinzaki, he grabbed it, and then as he grabs it, that's when Rob Vidam punted it into him. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Then we had a couple of table things. Uh, the first, first table, table didn't really work out. The first table just collapsed. They had to get another table. <laughs> the fans start just uh, booing. Yeah. Uh, they grabbed another couple of tables, only one of which got used. There was the one point where um, – Rob Van Dam was going to do a big leg drop when uh, Shinzeki was like in a submission hold and he was kind of rolled over onto his stomach and he landed like ass first on the back of uh, Jinsei yeah, Shinzeki's yeah. head. That mm-hmm. looked fucking brutal. Uh, <laughs> End of the match was when both men, both of the Japanese gentlemen, Hayabusa and Shinzeki, were laid across one table that thankfully held. So that was good. Yeah. And then. That was, that was- <laughs> Big ups to that table. Yeah. And then Rob Van Dam and Sabu simultaneously leapt from opposite corners. That was a, that was a great move. Splashed down on the table. Yeah. And then uh, that was the end of the match. Very well executed on that. Uh, I've seen a clip. Uh, Rob Van Dam tells a story about another time that they were doing that exact same move. Obviously wasn't in this match. But doing that exact same move, uh, when the table broke, a shard, a corner of it, went up. And it uh, caught his... Uh, 
eyelash. So it didn't get his eyeball somehow, thankfully. So but, then he just did it again. Yeah, so I, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure if it was before or after this. But uh, yeah, it caught him. And you can see him in the clip just kind of like grabbing hold of his eye. And like his first instinct was like, oh, there's something in my eye. I need to get it. It was his eyelash. And so, uh, yeah, can't, can't predict how tables are going to go. But yeah, Ryan did make a successful prediction. Uh, Rob Van Dam and Sabu did manage to retain their ECW tag team titles. And so with that said, I think it is time for some science. So Ryan, I know you have it on your phone. I can also pull it up on the screen here. But what are you thinking? I know there was a point where you were thinking, oh, this might be high. Then there were, you know, some elements of that match where maybe you weren't a huge fan of. But what, uh, before we've looked at anything, are we thinking like mid-level, upper mid, lower mid? Uh, it's probably it was it was a good match. Like I would like top fifteen maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I was <laughs> the the promo made me think this match was going to be a little bit different. Okay. And I do like the ECW. I think it's. You're trying to think of a word that's not authentic. <laughs> I think it's raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Um, so I, I do really I like the environment a lot, and I I, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the match, but um. I felt like it was a little uneven, like it was kind of brought in to do this one thing. And that's what they did. There was just really good moves. It didn't like, you know what I mean? Like the match was set to be what the match was going to be. And all they did was throw like some pretty nice moves and then finish the match. It was pretty. It's what could what could they have done to make you feel more highly about this match? Just out of curiosity. I think there would have had to have been different, different wrestlers in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay, so if they would have put different wrestlers in this match, you would have liked it better. So there's nothing that they could have done to make – it would have – they would have had to replace Hayabusa and Shinzeki. Is that what you're saying? People that weren't just out there to be possibly, sacrificial Possibly lambs. both sets of wrestlers. You would have liked the match better if it had four different wrestlers in it. Potentially, like, potentially, yeah. Potentially, okay. <laughs> in well, that environment. But I, potentially not as well. You could have liked not, it at like, least. At so, least. It, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about this match that it's hard to like put my finger. Didn't on quite, once. didn't quite click all the way. Like you enjoyed it, but there were there were some yeah, elements. Yeah. So I think it hovers around 15 or okay. Know, well, we'll, see, we'll see. And I mean, you may even be able to tell on the screen there. I don't know. It's up to you. But uh, glasses. So currently, number 15 is the Million Dollar Team versus the Dream Team. That's the match that convinced Young Eric that professional wrestling is real. Also featured the debut of the Undertaker and his big fucking tie. Uh, well, the American Dream Death the Rose, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's let's, so that's fifteen. Let's go. I mean, let's go. I think fifteen is a. It's sticking out to me as this is a, this is a fifteen-ish type of match. <laughs> so okay, so that's fifteen. Yeah. Are you thinking that this is going to be below that? This would be. This would be fifteen. The new. I'm not 15. sure that your science uh, is is Why? calculated correctly for this. Why do you not? <laughs> uh, well, because you had you had Coco Beware in in, in the Dream Team versus Million Dollar Team, who yeah. uh, you know he hit a bird with him, Frankie the Bird. Very th- this this match, no birds. So no birds. so the bird okay. quotient of the the, the the science doesn't check out. Uh, how many big fucking ties were there? None. Now, granted, I feel like you're trying to influence this decision. I'm saying I'm just trying to point out where your science may be lacking data. Are the algorithms really telling you that this is 15 or maybe should it be 16? <laughs> you're really pushing for this. I, I, I yeah, 15. It's definitely 15. But, I'm getting more like. So the, so the thing about the dream team versus million dollar team yeah. is 
that uh it 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 had it was a match that it was a great match mm-hmm. it was a really good match and i think um it had eight men in it eight is bigger than four i i by don't twice <laughs> the amount of okay. men i don't and it's not even counting managers if we want to count managers then it's even bigger in wrestling, I'm more of a one-on-one type of guy. So the more people you put in a match, <laughs> what about the less appealing. Not in wrestling, become. Ryan. Wink, wink. Yeah, that's. You still... We can talk about that on the next podcast. Okay, well, I'm yeah. going to hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, more more people doesn't make a better match. I mean, maybe for you, that's. So you're ranking this 15. I put this 15. You're a... you're just coming up with numbers and then just trying to suit this. What's 14? Just out of curiosity. Team Piper versus Team Flair. So this is worse than Team Piper. Great God, match. Fuck off with <laughs> your shit. This is ridiculous. I don't. I don't, I don't know. The, yeah, fifteen. He goes. That's right. That's why I'm placing it. Uh, is this podcast just going to be you putting things in multiples of five? Are you ranking on? these matches on your own as well? Do you have your own like? No, no. I'm not. I, th- that would just be pointless. That would. Be I don't silly. think it'd be pointless. I think it'd be. I mean, maybe, I don't know. There's such a minuscule amount of people who would care about that. That uh, Just as like a comparison to the main board, but I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, 15, yeah. You can't keep picking numbers that are multiples of five for the record. You have to, you have to choose like other things and we have to actually compare are you, the matches. Are you setting? I'm pretty like, sure last time you picked five. Yeah, it was a good solid number five. I, I felt it. Oh, you picked six. Okay. okay. You picked oh. six last time. All right. But still, I feel like you're hovering around these like, oh, this is 20. This is five. This I is originally 10. thought it was going to be in the top 15. And now thinking about it. Well, it still is. Yeah, it is. It's but 15. it should be 16. So it shouldn't be in the top 15 is my point. It's, the other match had Bret Hart saying fuck. <laughs> I know. And Bret Hart I, said I, fuck at the end. I understand this is, this is tough. This is tough for you. If but. you watch them back back to back, I guarantee you, you'd be like, you know what? Survivor Series, Dream Team for a Million Dollar Team, that's that's 15, not this other thing. Well, we can, we can circle back around. Okay. All right. Uh, well, that's uh, Ryan's fly, flawed science for uh, this this time around. Let me make a quick note to myself. All right. Um, I think it's time. I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Let me just cozy up here to the thing. It's time for Eric's Wisdom Tree, uh, the reoccurring segment where I impart some important wisdom to the hard mark markomaniacs uh, so they can kind of take it. Uh, they can take this audio cream rising to their ear holes, uh, churn it into a butter, uh, put it ac- across their brain uh, toast and, and absorb it through their mouth hole and ears because this is an audio medium. I think that made sense. Um, so let's let's see here. What what do I got? Here's a here's an important here's an important thing that you should know, Ryan. Do you know what the difference is between saying that there's less of something and fewer of something? One would be like quantitative. <laughs> I, that would be. God damn it! You ruined my wisdom. Yes. Yeah, so so the difference <laughs> is whether or not. So if there's fewer, that mm. means that there's something that is a, a, a quantified as a number. If you're saying that there's less. Then, uh, then that's just you know a, a less of a of a thing of it. Uh, so if there can be one of something, then you say fewer. Noted. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that felt a little <laughs> flat. I feel like there's a better one that I can say. Here's a better one. Ninety eight percent of koalas have chlamydia. <laughs> that felt better. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was your reaction just, huh? Is that where, um, you have these like viruses that jump from animals to, to humans? I Is that where, uh, chlamydia came from? Yeah. I don't think it's originally stemmed from koalas, but I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but they definitely have it. There's also, uh, outbreaks. Chlamydia can like fuck you up. Like, I think if it's untreated, like, for, I don't know about in animals, but like, I, I mean, think as syphilis definitely can. I think chlamydia left untreated, I believe, can also have. I. What's your favorite STD? <laughs> My favorite STD. Is it, and why is it crabs? Why is it crabs? <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of here about all the. Uh... It's like when people ask, hey, what's your, who's your favorite serial killer? This is like that, but not. It's the other one. Gonorrhea. The clap? Is the clap just chlamydia or those different things? I don't remember. Is, is it chlamydia or gonorrhea? It sounds like it'd be chlamydia, but I can't. What is the clap? Let's find out. I'm going to say that my favorite is the clap, not knowing what it is. It's gonorrhea. The clap is gonorrhea. I was, I, I was thinking like it would be interesting like back in the 80s and early 90s <laughs> to like cause going with this? you have like this the coronavirus going around right now and it's uh-huh. like this big deal and obviously it's like much more transmittable than but like in the 80s and 90s you had like HIV pop up and how fucking crazy that would be like to, yep. in today's with social media like people thinking you could die from like having sex with like uh, or like a toilet seat yeah, yeah like exactly myth, yeah. can you touch these exist? people like you know sure right, be right. fucking crazy like um <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that's your favorite what do you know i'm just i'm just <laughs> as like like i mean it would be it would be an std that's going around today so and right. like how fucking wild like sure the perception of this would be and like how you know yeah so it's crabs so your favorite is crabs. Sh- yeah no crabs for sure i mean <laughs> obviously and, and the reason for that is clearly because you t- have to take a little comb and like you know it, get them out it's like lice for your, right? Is that is that? Yeah, it's like pubic uh, lice. Pubic lice. Pubic lice. I, they, they may What's be the, the difference between pubic lice and crabs. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna make me fucking Google this too. Pu- uh, also, crab, also called crab lice or crabs, pubic lice are parasitic insects found primarily in the pubic or genital area of humans. What do they find more attractive about that area as opposed to your head? Uh, probably like I'm just gonna I'm not I'm sick of Google searching these things. Uh, probably just because it's more humid, uh, you know, a little bit uh, less exposed to the uh, elements than your head, generally speaking. Hmm. Oh, uh, can you get crabs anywhere besides pubic hair? Yes, usually crabs live in the pubic hair, but life can also be in armpits or mustaches. Little kids usually get them on eyebrows or eyelashes. That's uh, so fucking disturbing. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know where we take this conversation anymore. Yeah, well, you know, favorite STDs. <laughs> this went from a very benign, less versus fewer thing and turned into uh, kids getting pubic lice in their That's eyelashes. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. pretty typical end for the Hardmark podcast. Uh, Ryan, anything else? Uh, no, I think we covered it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perfect. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have a really cool nickname next episode. I guarantee yeah. that. Uh, well, <laughs> everybody, if you're not hard, get hard. And once you get hard, stay hard. Take it sleazy, everybody. Got to pump a raspberry in it. <laughs> <laughs>